Welcome to the Want to Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Tapp. On this episode, I have Sim Blanchard, but also Patty, his girlfriend. This is a love story that took 60 years to happen. And you got to hear the, the incredible story. And then about halfway through the podcast, Sim tells me about how he nearly died in 2020 in the summer when he was hiking in the Wind River Range in Wyoming and he got sick along the trail and the mystery of how he got sick, why he got sick, we don't know. You're going to want to hear how that near-death experience actually happened. They talk about their time in Ashland, their time on El Camino de Santiago de Compostela, as well as their adventure in Morocco and a few other stories. We In the end, we talk about a little bit about politics and COVID and uh, coronavi- uh, coronavirus vaccine that's coming down the pipe. Enjoy this fantastic podcast with Sim Blanchard and Patty. We've known each other since I was six and he was eight. 60 years. Wow. And I'm originally from San Francisco and he's originally from the Los Angeles area where I had family. And my parents were divorced, and so my father golfed and worked all summer long. So he sent me to my aunt and cousins mm-hmm. to spend the, the summer. And he was the boy three doors down. Okay. By the way, for those who are listening, occasional rumblings in the background, it's uh, three dogs uh, wrestling with each other. It's not that Sim is hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> you even thought about marrying Patty. Yeah, yeah. My How old be- were you? My best friend was... Um, was her cousin, and she'd visit her cousin, and I was eight, and <laughs> she was six. That's marrying age, right there. Right there, <laughs> <laughs> in my part of the country. Well, <laughs> no, we we uh, always uh, we came over and played at their at her house, and we had hide and go seek until uh, we were caught mushing in the bushes. And so, mushing, yeah. What the fuck kissing. Is- Kissing. You guys call it mushing? No, not me. Okay. <laughs> she was mushing. <laughs> she forced me into it, honestly. <laughs> oh, you know That'll be the day. <laughs> mushing? Uh, Seriously, that? I've yeah, never yeah. Heard we were kissing mushing. behind the bushes. Who the hell? Where's this mushing term from? That's from the, the 50s and 60s. You're a young guy, Francis. Yeah, because my dad used to call it smooching. Okay, yeah, but smooching, yeah, I've yeah. heard. Mushing, yeah. I, yeah. It makes me think of an Alaskan dog. Yeah, I like yeah. mushing. Yeah, okay, yeah. smooching. Okay. Smooching, okay, that's better. Okay, yeah. so you guys were smooching in the... in the, we, And this was at eight years old? No, this is... Um, we were what... I was probably 15 and you were 14. No, I was 16. We, I was 16 and you were 18, and I know this for a fact because I went home at the end of that summer, back to school, flaunting. That I was dating a college man. <laughs> <laughs> and I took her out on our first date, and we went to see Gone with the Wind. And it was so long, she had to call her aunt for intermission to see if we could stay longer. Really? Wow. And, wow, wow. Yeah. Permission to stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait, Gone with the Wind was done in 1939. Yeah, but they had reruns like in 1969, okay, okay, 68, okay. Okay, okay. 67. You got to the point where you thought about marrying her after smooching or mooshing or whatever yeah, you call it. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I was probably about 21 or uh, anyway, and she was 20. And um, there was uh, she wanted to get married and have a white picket fence and start having babies. And I wanted to hitchhike to South America. And <laughs> it just 
I don't know why she didn't want to go hitchhiking to South America for goodness sake. <laughs> so she stayed home and had had uh, she stayed home for a while, and I was sending postcards from every port, telling about all the girls that I was meeting. <laughs> and she didn't seem to appreciate that. So how, how, how was it getting those postcards bad? Was he actually bragging about the girls he was? No, okay, no, okay, not okay. at all. But okay. I mean, he. He was saying that he left me behind and was that clueless. He thought we were friends and he was just, you know, being in touch. But the bizarre point of this story right here is that just like literally eight hours before the first postcard came, I had turned 18, graduated from high school and thought, oh, I'm a grown woman. I can go off and get married now and I'm going to marry Sim Blanchard. And so I wrote this letter. I miss you. I love you. I'll move you. Whatever it takes. And in the old days, you know, we had you know, writing and lick the stamp and I licked the stamp and I was literally going out the back door to go to the post office to mail it. And his first postcard came through. And it was just, what did it say? You probably remember it verbatim or. <laughs> no, but I remember that was the end of that. <laughs> because, but why? Well, what did oh, say? he was, you know, having a good time with, you know, Mary Sue or whatever her name was. Oh, so he did actually. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. at least I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're you like, could wow. say I was pretty devastated. Amazing. Just the timing of things. Yeah. What would yeah. you have done, Sim, had that letter, let's say you, gotten one day later and so her letter got out you're you know you basically you cross letters what would you have done if she would you be like well well we talked about that and and you know for me to get married and have I wasn't ready to get married and have the white picket fence and and raise kids yet so yeah oh I was what 21 or yeah 20 21 22 so um that would have been a huge mistake so and she was ready and so she went ahead and had kids, and then I was about 30 before I got married, and or ready to get married, and then I checked, and she wasn't available, so... Oh, you actually did check? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and she so, you, so you never notified Sim when you actually got married? No, but the funny thing is, is as he said, you know, my cousin, three in Whittier, you know, was his best friend, so he was always informed, you know, of me, and almost vice versa, I mean... I knew that he was married. I knew he had two kids. In fact, his mother used to send me still, even after he was married, the family Christmas letter. Okay. Okay. And then you got married to a Navy man. Correct. When you were walking down the aisle, was Sim even on your brain or at that point you're like, no, I'm... I'm no. Okay. Totally done with this dude. And you thought... Loser. And you thought you had never... You were never going to see the guy, at least in any kind of meaningful way ever again, right? Correct. Right. Correct. All... Although I must confess, maybe 10 years ago, my daughter uh, and husband and son moved into my house. And so I had to downsize to just the master bedroom. And I still had every letter he ever wrote me from the time I was 16. Mm. And by that time, I thought, really? Like, what are you doing? Mm. And it had been seven or eight years before the previous boyfriend. And I thought, oh, just give it up, Patty. You know, it's time to trash this Mm. stuff. And I did. Mm. Ran into him a year later. But she she said that she told her girls that there was the boy, the summer love, the boy who got away. And she never gave me a name. And so when we finally got together and they met me, they said, oh, you finally have a name. You were the boy who got away. Ah, okay, <laughs> tell us about that. Okay. So, yeah, um, I mean, the, the girls knew that I had this, you know, summer 
that mm-hmm. my dad sent me away and, you know, all the cousins and the stories of my childhood and summer and, and yeah, you know, about the boy down the street and hide and go seek and, you know, the whole thing. Um, and I did not ever give his name deliberately because Sim, I, I mean, nobody's going to forget that name or nobody's right. going to, I mean, it's unique. Right. And so I never, ever delivered that. And yeah, so when he, we ran into each other 40 years later. How did you, so tell us about that story where you ran into okay, each other. Okay, so... Um, my aunt passed, the aunt that lived in Whittier that connected us. And my brother lives in Sacramento, and he called and said, oh, Aunt Kay passed on, I think, Saturday. And I think mm-hmm. this was Tuesday, and he said, funeral is Saturday. Get on a plane and get up here. Mm-hmm. And I said, Jimmy, I, I can't do that. Four days, I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Get on the plane. Mm-hmm. I said, Jimmy, I'm the only assistant. I'm a surgical dental assistant working full time time at the time i said I, I i can't do this and besides that i can't afford that do you know how much a ticket is in four days notice i said get on the plane <laughs> and i said really i can't jimmy he said look at this might be the last time you see all six of your cousins in the same room again i said i'll call you back i made the reservations 500 bucks i was pissed oh god i was so pissed <laughs> that's from san diego up to uh, sacramento sacramento yeah $500. Yeah, yeah. Big deal to be. Now it now it's $38. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then you have inflation. So <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we went, uh, so I flew into Sacramento, and, um, you know, the next morning, you know, got dressed for my aunt's funeral, not, not thinking anything about, shall I put on mascara, I'm going to run into St. Blanchard. I mean, no way. So went down there, and out of the six cousins that I spent my summers with is one girl. She is my exact same age, and we grew up like sisters. Marianne. Right. Yeah. And that's how it all came to be. So I was in the church talking with my cousin Marianne in the middle aisle of a Catholic church, and all of a sudden I heard this voice go, well, there they are, Marianne and Patty. And honest to God, I didn't even have to turn around. I immediately said to myself, dear God, that is Sim Blanchard. <laughs> I turned around, and the last I'd seen him 40 years ago, he was kind of... Pudgy. Uh, yeah, a little, a little pudgy in overalls, a ponytail, John Lennon glasses, smoking dope, and, you know, just did it, did it, did it, you know. I turn around, he's about as thin as a beanpole, in a three-piece suit, his head is shaved, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, boy. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. So at that, um, he walks over to the two of us, Marianne and I, and says, Hey, how are you? And I'm thinking, Oh, my God. Be cool, Patty. Oh, my God. Because this is the one who got away. Hmm. Just at that, the priest walks in. Everybody separates from the center aisle of the church. Marianne steps forward. I step in the middle. Sim steps behind me. I turn around, look him straight in the face and say, How are you? Because what am I going to say? And he says, good, fine, you know, just just coming out of an amicable divorce. Well, I've already been divorced, you know, going on 20 years. Oh, So to me, yeah, yeah, I've been divorced a long time. So to me, it's no big deal. And I'm thinking, and as I say, I knew he was married, had two kids, you know, everything was hunky-dory last I'd heard. And suddenly my knees start to knock thinking, did the man just say divorce? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So with that, the procession starts. Priest goes up front. And I was at my aunt's funeral with my brother and sister-in-law. And my brother says to me, Patsy, my family name. And so I walk up to, you know, the family aisle, too, or whatever. 
And um, next thing I know, Sim is like, you know, nudging me to slide over so he could sit beside me. And I'm thinking, Sim? Sim Blanchard sitting beside me? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I, I don't know if you or your audience is going to know, but when we were kids, there was a candy called Pop Rocks. Oh, yeah. The one that kind of you explodes put in your, explodes in your, in your yeah. mouth. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's and like the a, whole time, Pop it's like Rocks. It's like popcorn in your mouth. Exactly. Like, yeah. So the whole time in my head are the Pop Rocks going, Sim, Sim Blanchard sitting beside you. Sim, Sim Blanchard sitting beside you. So, of course, I go home after the weekend, and I'm telling my two grown daughters this. They're like, Mother, that was so disrespectful to your aunt in the casket on the <laughs> I'm sure your auntie would be rooting for you if she knew. She would. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. was a great lady. So then we went from the service to lunch, which is in the rectory of this Catholic church. He sits down beside me for lunch. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So we meandered to visit all the family. And my brother says to me, Patsy, the bus is leaving. Got to go. I don't think he said anything. He just came up and gave me a full frontal hug. And I was thinking, I might be 58 years old, but you cannot touch me like that in front of my brother. I am still the little sister. Uh, so I backed up, uh, backed away like uh, immediately. But I made sure it was long enough so she would remember <laughs> like right now. So. <laughs> it worked. It worked. Oh, it worked. It worked. I forget what the conversation was, but something about how we hadn't got together because I was young and naive. Or that was his implication by saying, well, you know, Patty, the only thing you had to do at the time, in other words, if I wanted to make a move, was you had to take my hand. Which, when I was young yeah, and Catholic, and I, yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely. So, were, but Sim, were you completely clueless that Patty had a huge crush on you? Or, I mean, at what point did you realize that she dug you? <laughs> well, sorry, Patty smooch- just spit out her drink. <laughs> <laughs> Smooching in the bushes was one. Okay, that's a clue. Yeah, but okay. But, but I did. I guess I didn't really realize the depth of her emotions, of her feelings. She just thought you're a hot bod. <laughs> I mean, we have great chemistry, and we still do, uh, which is really great. Um, no, I didn't realize the depth of her of her love uh, uh, for me. So, uh, but, so I was when, so uh, when did you realize that last week? <laughs> <laughs> Can I hit him? If he gets her on yeah, <laughs> no, it was shortly after we met up again. <laughs> that um, okay. should, uh, you tell that story. No, no. So no. wait. So back then. So just the other thing that people that may not realize, of course, back when you guys reunited, and actually during the whole par- point while you both were married to other people, there was no such thing as social media. There's no way to easily stalk somebody. So you really were clueless about what each other were doing to a large extent. I mean, nowadays it's different. Right. Except for. As I say, a little bit, you know, when I would see my cousins at yeah. families or, you know, funerals or weddings, I would catch a drift. And I think the same of him. Yeah, my best friend was her cousin. Mm-hmm. So, and we kept in really close, pretty close contact. So did you know when Patty actually got divorced? You know, I think I did. Um, you know, I'd always ask, you know, talk to her cousin, Tom. And, uh, you know, and as a side, I'd always say, well, you know, and how's Patty doing? Okay. <laughs> and and so I found, I guess I found out later. Okay. But then when she did get divorced, you were still thoroughly married with thorough, with, with your children. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so when you got divorced, were you strategic in trying to hunt her down or did you just kind of like stumble on her or? I kind of stumbled on her. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't really ready for uh, uh, a, a relationship, relationship mm-hmm. yet. 
you know, I was still kind of going through the process. I met with her about a couple months later in San Diego. I went down, and uh, we did a nice walk in La Jolla, and uh, and it was nice. And so then we reconnected, and um, she let her feelings be known, and I let my feelings be known, and we connected. I got to the San Diego airport, and my foot touched, you know, the tarmac in San Diego, and like a light bulb, it was like, oh, my God, you didn't get his address you didn't get his phone number you didn't get his email you i i didn't get any information because you know the hug came so unexpectedly i just ran like a chicken mm. and so i am not very tech savvy and so i went to work the next morning there's a young girl there and i said to her here's your assignment and make it quick because the man's leaving the country in three weeks and i have got to make contact now going to madagascar wasn't it no no oh. no you're going to see your sister in taiwan oh taiwan's well he couldn't be found because he had no home no address no you know what year was this uh 2011 you know a week she couldn't find him and i thought if there's going to be something happening here i I, i'm the one's got to make the contact i already know this Mm. so i get desperate i send an email to my cousin his best friend tom who put on the funeral for my aunt and very casually said you know you did a lovely job for aunt Kay, and it was great to see you sorry for the reason and you know, I'd like to send a note, you know, to your brothers and sister and, you know, maybe to Sim. <laughs> Good. And, and Sim was the only one who got a note. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> so, but now I, I've just, I've known Sim for many years, but Patty, I just met you today. Right. And in many ways, it just seems superficially at least, or at least cursory look, that you guys are s- such opposites in certain ways. Oh, we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's the classic thing of opposites attract, but, uh-huh. but I mean, like, for example, you grew up, it seems like a, kind of like a Catholic upbringing, mm-hmm, very mm-hmm, conservative mm-hmm, by the mm-hmm, book. Mm-hmm. And then you've, is it, the, it sounds like such a classic love story of the prim and proper girl mm-hmm. falls in love with the bad boy. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the, is that a fair characterization to a certain extent? It is a fair characterization, except for that when I was puppy dog in love at 16, I was clueless to really what the term bad boy meant. Well, in the sense that he was a rebel, even at 16. I mean, he wanted to like go off and like surf. And well, Patty thought she was a big rebel because <laughs> <laughs> in Catholic school, she would kiss with the altar boys <laughs> behind the altar. Yeah. And so she knew she was she knew she knew was going to spend a lot of time in purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, and there's, I understand that too also because being... The bad boy is a relative thing also. She was on her, in her world, probably a rebel. And so therefore, you just, it's unthinkable of you being so rebellious as Sim was. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But in your world, you did your own level of rebellion or just your own level of kind of going your own different path as much as you could in given the constraints. Right, exactly. That you grew up in because this was an era which was, you know, where women were supposed to be women. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Stuff, right? And as I told you earlier, you know, I was raised by my father only. Right. Who was very stout German. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And then the Catholic nuns. Right. So, yeah, my my perimeter of box was pretty limited. Right, right. Now, at the same time, you guys are not willing, or at least at this point, to get married. I can see all those reasons why not to get married. I, I, co- I personally get it, but maybe people listening to this don't get it. So why don't you uh, enumerate one of your, what your thought process is on the pros and cons of that? 
Well, you mean as far as getting married now? Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a really good question. And, you know, honestly, we have the best of both worlds right now. I mean, from my perspective, in that I have freedom to travel, and Patty has her home base. And so I'll travel and do sim things, you know, do it the way I like to do it. And then I meet up with her every couple months, and we do three to four months, uh, three to four week trips. You know, we'll go to Europe, or we were just in Montana and Wyoming, um, and we were in uh, Oregon for three weeks, and we were in south of Spain and Morocco for three or four weeks. So, um, you know, honestly, um, there's really no reason to get married. You know, um, she's got an ex-husband that she helps out, and I've got an ex-wife that I can help out. And um, so it's, 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 a, it's a good, I think it's a good way to be. For me, it, as I say, the way I was raised, you know, I was raised by a very stern father, raised with two brothers. You know, then I married military, which is very controlling, raised by the nuns. And in my personal opinion, I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to answer to anybody. I don't want to owe anybody anything. You know, and I'm blessed, very blessed to be able to be this independent. And for me, that's the reason. And I love independent women. So she's she's right, right there. Now, if you were counseling either your children or anybody else, um, why should somebody get married? That's a very good question, because trust me, when I got divorced and had two daughters, I thought, oh, shit, what am I going to tell them? You know, when they come in with that puppy dog love. Mm-hmm. It, it, it never crossed the board. I mean, they came home, you know, with the boyfriend and, you know, two years down the road, it, you know, they wanted to get married. It just was a natural process. There was never, you know, well, gee, why'd you get divorced, mom? Or, gee, why do, should I? Or, you know, I mean, they know why I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Right. Yeah, from my perspective, it's it's good to be married and have that commitment when you're raising kids and, you know, that they know they have that security and stuff. And, um, you know, and that's a good thing. But, you know, my ex-wife and I, we got we raised the kids and they got pretty much uh, my son got through call through his bachelor's and my my daughter was um, partway through hers and through college and um it's kind of like, okay, what do we want to do now that, you know, the kids are, are gone because they, they were all in college. And, um, and she wanted to, you know, add on, do her kitchen remodel and redo the, the pool. And, you know, we had a big house in Walnut Creek. And, and uh, I'm kind of like, well, let's move to something more manageable. I, I was getting into backpacking, as you know, and, or hiking and, um, and bicycling. And so I wanted to do the adventures. I wanted to travel and see things, and she didn't. And I was spent spending money on that that she wasn't too excited about, and she wanted to spend money on the, the house that I wasn't excited about. And so uh, it was. I thought it was a real, and I think she does too, was a good decision to split up so we could manage our own money. And I'm on. I think I'm on good relations relationship with her, and and I'm, I'm going to visit her and my um, in January uh, next month. So, um, yeah. So I think it's it's good when the kids are growing up if you can. And I know Patty's situation was different just because of that particular situation. But I think marriage is good for that. But otherwise, I think um, I, I I don't think it's that necessary. And being two independent people, I think this is a really good way to be. 
Right. Patty, how do you choose which are sim adventures versus which are Patty adventures? <laughs> like, how, how's your thought process? On when that? we're together or? No, in other words, like when you decide I want to go, that's an adventure I want to join in on. And no, I'll pass on that one. You go on that your own. Well, I wait for the invite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure there's an open invitation to a certain extent, right? I mean, I mean, well, he, he's going to say he's, like, he's not going to, re- if you say, hey, I want to hike the Continental Divide Trail with you, which Sim has done about 60% so far. I mean, he's probably going to say, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, are you Sim or are you going to say, no, I got to go solo? Oh, he'd say I go solo. This is totally one of the benefits of this relationship. He knows, and I know, where the independent line goes. You know, we kiddingly, I kiddingly always say to him, don't ever ask me. I mean, I don't need five-star hotel, but I'm never sleeping on the ground with you. Don't even ask me. No, but all I'm saying is that Uh if you wanted to, like let's say you had to change your heart, Patty, Uh and you wanted to go, Uh and you say, yeah, I'll sleep on the floor in the dirt or whatever. Uh I mean, is he going to say no? He might. You know, I, I might. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I, 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 would, I, would, I would accept her and we'd probably go, you know, maybe once or twice. But I really enjoy hiking by myself, as you probably do, and, you know, doing things at my own level. And then I really enjoy seeing her after I beat up and I'm tired and, you know, and it's kind of like, okay, come back and recuperate. And here's Patty and she's got her house and, you know, her place and she's got her, her family and it's neat visiting them. And uh, so it's a nice home base. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm home, home free and car free and job free, so <laughs> <laughs> homeless. <laughs> so it's, it's wonderful to come back. But uh, yeah, for us to, for me to go backpacking, I want to go by myself pretty much, even without other people. Um, now, we do have certain places. She loves Ashland, Oregon. I usually go every year to see the Shakespeare Festival, although COVID kind of shut it down this year. But we love Ashland so much, we went up anyway, and we just hung out there for three weeks. In fact, we hadn't seen each other in eight months because of COVID. Wow. And it was Ashland where I gave in because he said, well, you know, the the Shakespeare plays are not happening. So now what do you want me to do with those tickets? I said, um, send it because it is Ashland and I'm going. Whether you go or not, Ashland, it, it calls me. What's so special about Ashland? I remember it, but it's... it's... I, I, I don't really know. <laughs> well, why it not just, live there? Why not? Sta- why San Diego? It's, it's cold. well... It's on her li- list. It, it is on my list. Okay. Uh, I have two daughters and five grandkids. And, I, and they're all it, in the San Diego area. Yeah, and I physically take care of my ex-husband. He's ill. Mm-hmm. So, so that keeps me. You know, I see. Would I go to Ashland um, of my own? I've thought about it. It actually is a little out of my financial pocket. But is that, what do you mean? Is it more expensive than San Diego? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I no. know. Stunned me too. Trust what? me. No. Trust me. Yeah. We've yeah. done our homework. Yeah. It's very upscale uh, for me. Yeah. yeah. Upscale. I mean, there's a university nearby. So a lot of, uni- and then the Ashland, a lot of actors and a lot of, People are involved, musicians. How about how much does let's say a two bedroom place cost there to buy it? For it's example? probably oh to rent. It's or probably rent about f- the the places we're looking maybe four thousand a month. What? No, I don't think it's that high, but it's higher than San Diego. You know, one or two bedroom apartment. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. And the other thing is that I feel safe there. When I travel with him, I'm always aware of where he's at, eye wise, if not physically. Um, especially international, but in Ashland, he goes to the plays, I go have lunch, I go, you know, 
it, it just has a comfort level that I can't explain. They have fabulous restaurants, and uh, you know they have a cabaret there, which we actually got to go. They had oh, COVID-friendly, yeah. yeah. respectful cabaret, so we got to see that. And uh, and nice hikes. You know, there's a big hill nearby, and the Pacific Crest yeah. Trail goes right next yeah. to that, near that. So yeah. we go up there. What about a sim? Uh, you mentioned that you're car-free. Now, some people who are also very independent, they love to travel, that kind of stuff, uh, have cars. They, in fact, have vans some t- oftentimes, and they live in those vans. How? What's your mental calculus as far as why did you decide to go car-free versus having, let's say, a van or or you know some sort of car to live in and call that your quote unquote home. I think when I do specific tours, you know, uh, usually I'll I'll be taking public transportation or car or uh, airplane or whatever. But if I'm out by myself, like right now, I'm renting a Turo car for fourteen dollars a day, and then when I'm not with Patty, then generally I just go to a Walmart and sleep in it. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's fourteen dollars a day to to sleep, you know, for a, for a place. Um, so it's the calculation is how long am I going to be there and where am I going? And, um, yeah, we, we did a, a month-long trip up in Oregon, you know, down the coast and, and up, and we rented a Eurovan. And, um, and that was really nice, except it didn't have a toilet. So uh, we just, two months ago, we were up in Montana, and we rented a truck camper from Cruise America with the big sign on the, the picture on the side, and we did uh, Glacier, Yosemite, and Jackson. And um, yeah, for about and that weeks. had a toilet, toilet and a shower. I yeah, see. how much was that? It was seventy five dollars a day and thirty four cents a mile. So okay. it's you know you can stay in a hotel for some hundred dollars and you're good. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Any kind of car tips for people who are thinking about also doing a long trip or living out of their car? Because one of the problems with the fourteen dollars a day car, those kind of cheap, cheap little sedans is that they're not very comfortable to sleep in. So any tips? I mean, obviously, you could have spent splurge more, but at that point, you're starting to get prices of a hotel, practically, once you start spending like $100 on a car that allows you to sleep in comfortably. Yeah, after sleeping on the side of the trail for so long, I I was pretty good about just putting the seat back. And it didn't go all the way back, but it did. it was about 80%. So I just, I have my uh, sleeping quilt from my backpacking and uh, and my jackets, my down jackets. And what about your feet to elevate your feet a little bit? I didn't. Yeah. You don't, really? No. Sometimes I put my feet up do on you, the dash, Do you go in the passenger seat or the driver? No, driver's seat. And Why? I, I, Why not the passenger? Because uh, then you got the steering wheel in your way. Oh, that's true. But I put the steering wheel up and oh, it doesn't, okay. that doesn't seem to get in the way. I tried to crawl in the back and that didn't work so well. But... Um, when COVID hit, we were supposed to do a cruise with Karis and Keeler, which we've done every year for the last seven years, six years. And uh, and he had to cancel it. So Patty d- didn't want to. She was pretty concerned about COVID. So I rented a car after I did half of the uh, Florida Trail, uh, about 500 miles of it, and then rented a car and went around Florida for about a month. And uh, just got an, uh, um, a rental car. You know, it's like, it was it was a regular car, eighteen dollars a day, I guess, and just went from Whole Foods to Whole Foods, and uh, slept in emergency hospital parking lots. <laughs> oh, really? You yeah. can do that? Yeah. So then they because they don't know if you're there to stay overnight. Oh, right, or, right. And, yeah. But I mean, I guess you could say if they knocked on your window that you could say. My, I've got a. I got my mother. Yeah, the, my wife is ho- giving birth, and I <laughs> okay, <laughs> something <okay>. like that. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, that's a good tip. I yeah, like and there's that. good food and yeah. What do you mean good food in the hospital? No, at Whole Foods. Oh, just right, go to Whole right, Foods right, right, and right. file it. <laughs> so okay, so you mentioned Walmart, emergency, a hospital parking, and then where else is a good place? Rest stops. Yeah, we did rest stops a few times. Okay. You just pull off to the side. There's okay. a good one north of San Diego. and Aren't there rest stops that say you're not allowed to do overnight, quote-unquote, um, They limit you to eight hours and then um, every, uh, eight hours every three days uh, at, at the one rest stop. On. But they never, you've never been, quote-unquote, caught or no. told to move. You no. Know, you've never, you probably never even pushed it that far. Right, okay. right, yeah. Yeah, and and I was just up at we were up at Golden Gate Park, and there's vans all along the Lincoln and uh, yeah, and uh, what is that Fulton? You know, they're just lined up. Right. Of course. So, what about for showers? What's your strategy there? I do one like you about every two weeks, <laughs> unless I'm with Patty. Hey, and hey, it's don't every insult day. me. It's every three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was forty days you went without a shower in the right. CDT. That's true. <laughs> that's yeah. my. That's I think my it's goal. Forty-five days. I think. Forty-five days. Yeah, my goal. It was over forty days for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I did take bird showers. What I call bird showers is when you go into, you lock yourself into a bathroom, uh-huh. and then you use the sink to kind of like splash water in under your armpits and your genitals and your feet. Yeah. You clean, you know, basically it feels like 80% of a shower. It's, it's quite effective. Yeah. Get a paper towel and load it with soap and, and, and put it underneath. And, I never did that. Yeah. No, I just use soap. I mean, I just use soap. And I, soap in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just yeah, soap yeah. in my hands. And it's just like in a shower. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're hiking, you don't do showers every day and you just hike. Right. And so I kind of got used to that. Do you use wet wipes? No. Okay. No. No deodorant? No. Uh-uh. Does he stink, Patty? It's two ounces that he's not willing to carry. <laughs> That's heavy. <laughs> you, but I'm talking about also when you have a car. I mean, you have a. It's not heavy when you have a car. Yeah, I still don't carry it. I mean, my whole. I, I'm a minimalist, so I've got everything down to one lug roll along, small roll along, and a backpack, and uh, one travel backpack, and probably a backpack for hiking, and a bicycle. One thing I would do, I would think about is you having let's say a membership at 24 hour fitness yeah and and use the showers and yeah i'd go to ymca and get a a week long if i'm however long i'm there what do you think about that strategy yeah that's good yeah and then you can use the gym yeah you can use the gym i mean it's like a win-win you you got the gym i guess they don't you don't get to use the well if it's 24 hour parking i mean you could park there because a lot of 24 hour fitnesses they're not 24 hours but they're pretty close to 24 hours they're like 20 hour gyms and yeah. you could theoretically uh, really milk that one. And it's yeah. only like 50 bucks a month. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, and uh, I, I got I got a, a pass at the YMCA in Sioux City, Iowa. Actually got a tent site. Sometimes that helps. And that's only like 10 bucks Have you, at, at a KOA or something like that. Okay, that was going to be my next question. Is like, when do you ever decide to, let's say, pay for car camping? Because sometimes it feels sacrilegious when there's so much free spots you can just park your car almost anywhere yeah i was up along the coast um south of laguna by um uh called crystal cove and i i ran away from home there and that's uh, patty was telling you the story of when i ran away and i ran away there so i went back for remembrance and i stayed at the state campground and that was i think it was 30 bucks actually but I just pull up onto the campsite and it's safe, you know, and it's protected and nobody wakes you up. And then I just sleep in the car. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that uh, uh, campgrounds are really so, good. So when do you decide, in other words, 
to spring because sometimes like to me 30 bucks i'm like shit that's like halfway through a ho- to a hotel practically yeah so i mean like how do i decide to like i want to have i did it for sentimental reasons because i i so that I, was just a one-off kind of a one-off yeah yeah okay. generally it'll you know um, generally you'll avoid those places i'll avoid those and and mainly it's for security if i don't feel like you know Safe. somebody's gonna not not that somebody's gonna rob me but somebody's going to uh, break in and um, I'm sorry, somebody's going to wake me up and say, hey, you're not supposed to be here. Get out. You know, and I don't like that. So so right. I, I may go to a more, um, you know, where I paid t- that they don't hassle me. I think the advantages of those places is if you have like an RV and you need to, to like do waste disposal or charge your your electronics or charge your thing. Right. I mean, that isn't that. Part of what you get, or you have to, I guess, pay extra. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. You just never really understand, like, I mean, I guess it's security, and I guess also you you sometimes, you have to pay for, like, you know, the bathroom, you know, like a a shower, you have to pay for, like, $2 per Yeah, Montana, we got a non-resident permit, and so we got a discount on the places when we stayed at the Montana State Parks, and it was, it was like $14, sometimes $18, and, and they're fabulous, fabulous places, you know, alongside the lakes, and and uh yeah really nice so it depends if state if they have state parks which are much nicer i think than the the private ones but we stayed in a couple koa places too Mm. but but generally yeah roadside rest stops are good i just it's completely non sequitur here but just when you said montana for some reason i popped into my mind that your brother or your brother your son was looking for that two million dollar treasure by Forest, uh, what's his name? Forest. Uh, I forgot. Got yeah. It just anyway, really... they got anyway, and you know that he got, it, it was found, and they also, found it. And the dude, uh, what's his name? The forest guy died. The old man died. Yeah, yeah. Ninety years old or whatever he is, He's close to 90, 89, 90. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but he, your son, did your son make any comment about that? Yeah, he he went out. I think it was Montana, you know, Rocky Mountains, where he was looking, and he and he thought he he thought he had it. It's not in Montana. It was found in Wyoming. Was it Wyoming? Yeah. I think it was it was in that area, hmm. and uh, but they didn't say exactly where it was. Correct. So Correct. once they do, then he can go. Oh damn, I was right there. Or <laughs> no, he yeah. definitely was not right there because he was in the wrong fucking state. Well. I, no, I, I, he was doing Wyoming and Montana. Okay, you know, the okay. Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, no, Yellowstone is yeah. probably, it's either in or around Yellowstone. Yeah, and the forest like. guy, I guess he he worked up there in one of the Correct. places. for And his yeah. family also. I mean, he was oh, there as a kid. Oh, okay. no, his 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 father had like a, had a, uh, either hotels or whatever. They had a business that was yeah. uh, right off of Yellowstone. And so he grew up there fishing as a teenager, and it was a formative years. Anyway, yeah, so, you well, you called me and wanted me to head out with you. And yeah, go yeah, I wanted to go hunting. look for it. And before <laughs> and before we could even get going, first of all, COVID hit. Yeah, and second of all, um, some asshole found it. He found it. <laughs> <laughs> Good so, on him. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, it's non sequitur. But I mean, there's a, I have a podcast uh, about it. Yeah, and, yeah, and that was that, good. That was uh, with Dahl Neitzel. Yeah, uh, very fun guy. I love that guy. It was great. Yeah, um, he does the pot. So tell us water. about your recent adventures, Patty. Uh, I don't know which ones you went. I know that you mentioned Ashland, but apparently uh, there's also Morocco, Camino Santiago, Glacier National Park, Yellowstone, Jackson. So I don't know which ones of these were you on with Sim. Uh, all of them. And um, probably the one that's most mentionable is Morocco because um, it was my suggestion. And being protected and naive growing up, I had no idea 
quite how third world it was. Mm. I just thought it would be so pretty, and it was just down from Spain, and oh my gosh, let's just go. I mean, you know. Right. So we got there, and oh boy, whew, yeah, we, it, too much for me. Too oh, okay, much funny. third world, too much crowd, too much stench, too much <laughs> dirt. Too much, <laughs> Which yeah, is so just, funny because for me, when I hear Morocco, because I've been to all 54 African countries, I'm like super posh. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's second world country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. if Morocco's third world, then I don't know, the rest of, much of Africa is like sixth world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I did introduce this with naive and, <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. you know, in the box, so... Uh, so, yeah, we so get you, off the plane. You, you picked Morocco. I picked out Morocco. of a romantic, a romantic notion of like. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I showed her the movie uh, "The Man Who Knew Too Much" with uh, James Stewart and Doris Day, yeah, yeah. and they get they get Casablanca. the kid, kind of Casablanca. Yeah, kid gets kidnapped. But, yeah, so yeah. I'm not in the country. Thirty minutes from the airport, we catch the bus. Which airport was in Ca- Casablanca? Uh, Marrakesh. Okay, Didn't, Marrakesh. Yeah, we flew, we flew to Marrakesh. Yeah. Okay, nice. And then and the bus is like the Volkswagen and the clowns. I mean, the clowns, where the clowns How get many in all the little. Can lo- you fit in a Volkswagen? Oh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh! Okay. And they just kept shoving me, you know, back into the corner, and it was like, oh dear God! And and Sim tells me then and to today, I was so proud of you. I said, well, shit, you know, what? I like, had no choice. And thank you, exactly. <laughs> so we get to be proud of when you have no choice. <laughs> exactly. And um, so we get out of the bus and we walk to. Well, wait, wait. Now, when we were in the bus, people were really friendly, and they yeah. gave a special place for Pat, gave a special spot for Patty, and let us put our luggage up. But they were still cramming us all in and to get out it was just it was you know this is the airport no this is the bus kind of going from the airport to our towards our hotel so wait how did you get out of the airport if it's kind of we just we just walked we walked a long ways i I looked at my google maps and it said oh yeah you just walk here and pick up the bus and you know it's like 10 cents versus a taxi Taxi. which is two dollars for goodness yeah yeah, that's a total (laughs) ripoff so i learned the hard way and patty learned the hard way yeah, uh, so we went from the bus. By the way, uh, just a little, yeah, tip. Yeah, I remember I, I took a, uh, a Uber in Egypt. I crossed like most of Cairo for like $2 on an Uber. Oh, my goodness. amazing. So okay. cheap. Uber um, there, oh, my God. But, but anyway, so, so then you get into this crammed bus in Marrakesh. You arrive at your hotel. No, no, we just got off the bus trying to find the hotel at like 10 at night. And walking through stench and trash and people and and this guy stops us and says, hey, you know, are you looking for the so-and-so in? And it was like, yeah. I say to Sim today, gosh, did we look that much American tourist? Obviously, (laughs) quite obviously. So he walks us down the back alley and left and right and we get there. And the office gal says, oh, I'm sorry. Your reservation is tomorrow night. And it's <laughs> like, um, no, I don't think so. It is tomorrow night and tonight. Oh, well, I've already given that away. La, 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 la. Uh, so are she you finds sure? us. In retrospect, was she right or were you right? Uh, we were right. We had paid, uh, I think it was like $10, $20 a night maybe. Uh-huh. And she could rent it out for 60 So she uh-huh. canceled ours, rented out to this other guy. And I talked to him. And the, oh, really? You yeah. found the guy who took your room? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He says, oh, yeah, I paid $60 a night for this. And I go, good on you, man. <laughs> so she gave us, she got us to another place. 
and we stayed there. And but not for did you did you have to pay for it or no no okay, no it, it turned out okay. It was just the hassle of going to yeah another of course. One. Did you have to get into it? Did you could you walk there? Yes. Okay. The guy who found us on the street guided us there, which is very kind. But and did he ask for money at the end? Bakshish. No. Oh no. Wow. And okay. the gentleman it's whose nice home it was was older and very polite. I mean, I was very impressed. Mm. But as Sim got in the shower when we arrived there, I pulled the bed sheets about bed bugs. Bed bugs in mm. Morocco. Okay, so this is why I have a little bit of a problem with the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. How many days did you end up spending in Morocco? A full week. A full week. Okay. And yeah. then uh, did, did were you able to leave Marrakesh or did you spend most of the time? Did you get to the High Atlas Mountains? Um, we were at the base of the Atlas Mountains. Yeah, I know. Um, right we there. went to the Blue City. Okay. Shefshawan? Shefshawan. Shefshawan. Shefshawan, yeah. And, and that that's was kind nice. That's far, though. I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. a haul. Yeah, we took got, the train up and then the bus is over, and that was a lot of fun. And, yeah, yeah. And we, you know, so is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's real touristy, but yeah. we don't care. We're tourists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we did the camel camel ride where we get all dressed up. Where? Was it, it wasn't it Marrakesh? We went up to Casablanca okay. and, um, and Algiers and, okay. and over to Shishawan, Shefshawan. Algiers mean Al- I'm sorry Tangiers Tangiers, Tangiers yes yeah 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 okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah you spent yeah. you you were hiking up in the Atlas Mountains I up. walked across the entire range I know from one I end know. to I the was, other I was that would have been nice I would yeah, yeah. I was very jealous yeah that was a that was a tough hike a oh, fascinating hike I remember at one point which was so interesting was when I really swore that I was utterly in the middle of nowhere and then i reach a village like high in the mountains and there's no way to get to that village by any car i mean you literally have to walk there or take a mule you know to get there and it's so isolated like wow this is really incredibly remote and and yeah and and you get to meet the villagers that was that was fascinating it's a beautiful beautiful hike a very difficult hike because there's no organized trail so i kind of had to like wing it most of the way and there were times there where it was a bit challenging but you know the one thing that's nice about backpacking in the wilderness if you do it enough you start to speak the language of nature in other words you start to understand like i know there's going to be water right here you start to feel like okay that's got to be a good you know a place you follow the contours you just kind of like read nature you like read the trail not the trail even if there's no trail you just read the landscape the t- and and you just kind of get a, a a feeling for it and it feels so comfortable and you don't feel the sense of despair that i think people who don't have much wilderness experience experience you know all of a sudden they get this sense of despair like oh my god i'm gonna get eaten by the wolves or whatever and you know all sorts of other things that they panic but once you've done it enough, I'm sure you've gotten to that. I did well. that on the CDT when I had to come off, and we can talk about that yeah, later. Yeah, tell, tell us now. Just say no. Oh, oh, I was hiking on the CDT. Where? Uh, it was uh, by the winds. The Wind River Angel. Wind River, yeah, and through the wind, Wind River, uh, not on the uh, circuit, but on the regular trail. And I got. When you say circuit, you mean up on the ridge? The tower. There's a tower circuit. I think it's a it's an off trail. Okay. And yeah. I didn't do it this time, but I'm oh, going to go back and do it. This that. is where you nearly died. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I wa- this is we should have started we're, off this whole going up. with this thing. <laughs> um yeah, I, I I you know, I told when I remember when I'm reading down on Facebook, I'm like, 
I've got to talk to Sim about <laughs> this near death experience. Because is it fair to say this is the closest you got to death in your whole life? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, it was. I, I honestly didn't feel I was close to death, but um, but it was it was dicey. I mean, I got food poisoning and I couldn't eat and I was throwing up and I was extremely fatigued. And so, and I was hiking on the CDT, and I said, "Okay, I've got to get off trail." And there is a side trail, and I talked to a number of people, and they seemed to indicate the trail would go down to the, you know, where I could catch a hitch, catch a ride to Pinedale, Wyoming. And it was only like ten miles, and I thought, you know, big deal. So I go down the side trail, and it disappeared. You know, it, was, it just stopped. And so I kept really? going. Really, like that is so weird. Sam. Yeah, to yeah. me, like when you say side trail, yeah. I mean you're going downhill. Yeah, right? downhill. And it's a, it's is it a real trail or kind of like a it animal? Was, trail? It was a real trail. I to mean, start off with. Yeah. How could it just like run? I mean, that's very rare. Well, that, actually, I think it went to a lake, and and then people go, oh, here's the lake, oh, and okay. they camp yeah, out yeah, and yeah, do yeah. stuff. And, you know, and okay, then yeah. I continued on around the lake and it, and the path went around the lake. Right. But then it then, stopped. And then it pretty much stopped, although, you know, there's animal trails and stuff. Right. And so I kind of just, I just followed okay, it. Okay. That makes sense now. Yeah. Okay. So just to, to, to reiterate, you followed a trail downhill. Yeah. That you thought was going to go all the way to civilization, hit a, a paved road. Yeah. But instead... It just ended at a lake. Ended, yeah. And that makes sense because there are lots of dead-end trails that end at lakes and that people camp and then they hike back up the trail. To, yeah, and know. somebody showed me a, a map and I'd taken a picture of it and it looked like this is, you know, there was a Goes trail through. going through. Yeah, on on that one map. And then I had another map that didn't show that. Ah. And I thought, well, this is an old map or they just don't show all the trails. Right. And my G, I, I have a, had the GPS, you know, with a gut hook. And I could see where the... Contours? Uh, it, yeah, concourse. But it didn't the show contours. that trail. Contours. Yeah, had all mm. the contours and it showed... Um, the trail, you know, a tr- another trail going into, um, anyway, uh, that went to Pinedale. And so, um, so I, it was in a valley and I could go down, I went down the valley and crossed the the river a few times, which was pretty dicey. It was a fast moving river? Fast moving How river. How deep was it? It was, it was like probably, ankle deep? Uh, it got up to my waist. Oh, wow. It's pretty yeah, deep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty deep. Um, and what time, what month was this? This was in, uh, August. Okay. Wasn't it August? Yeah. Something okay, like but that. the bottom line is okay. So, but so at there's least lots of mosquitoes. You could never have done it in June, though, because that that water would be just furious. Yeah, in yeah, June. yeah. No, it was. It, it wasn't it June. There was it. Was, the snow. There was still a lot of snow up above. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It was, so the water uh, was post holing about as high as it could go. Yeah, it was pretty high. Okay. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't August. It must have been. Or you know, there's snow in June. Actually, I mean August. Sorry. There's snow in the on the CDT. Yeah, yeah, was, especially it, in the Wind River. Yeah, range. no, it's the beginning of August because okay, I, I had I was waiting for the snow. And there to was go. lots of mosquitoes. And lots of mosquitoes, and I had a a, a head net on, nice. but then I threw up into the head net. <laughs> oh, sweet! <laughs> so, like, how does that happen, Sim? Like, don't you know you're going to throw up? Don't you have a second where you could lift the yeah, fucking head? Piece? I thought I would, but I didn't. <laughs> Are you serious? Because oh, were you delirious? Is that why, or because you're just like you just didn't kind see- of kind of not? I don't know if I was de- delirious. But when you wear the head net, a lot of times you you get used to it and you right. don't realize you have it on. <laughs> but again, until it, you vomited, it, it was a quick one. You know, it was kind of like okay, it, you know. 
So anyway, but I cleaned it out and <laughs> had to reuse it. <laughs> so, um, so while you're cleaning it out, you're getting bitten and... <laughs> yeah, bitten and everything. And, but you uh, were feeling nauseous at that point. Yeah, I was nauseous. I couldn't eat anything. So wait, okay, let's take a step back. Were you closer to your next resupply or are you closer to the the your the one you just came from? I was closer to the one I came from. Okay, so you had just left and maybe spent one or two overnights? Yes. Okay, <clears throat> so you yeah. had done one or two. So I'd gone about three nights... Oh, and, three nights, okay. Yeah, and I and, and you had about two not, two days worth of food, maybe one day. You know, I, I well, you know me with the yeah, food. I just no carry nuts and food. seeds. So I, no, yeah, yeah. I had I had lots of food, but it's it's nuts and you seeds. You don't eat much food, so, so I don't eat. You know, no, I don't. And, I don't understand. And you. So that's probably he's like a bird. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I camel up before, so I'm all stuffed with everything, and they have wonderful. <laughs> restaurant where i was you know kind of an organic place so i had brought you know brussels sprouts and all that <laughs> okay and uh and so i was pretty well fed and but mm. then i for some i must have gotten some food poisoning because i couldn't eat at all okay so you think you got the food poisoning where it might have been in uh wyoming at the maybe at your la- your previous resupply point Yes. But that doesn't make sense, Sim. I didn't think that... Uh, I'll ask Patty. Patty, you're kind of in the medical field. You're a dentist, a de- dental assistant. Can you... When you get food poisoning, Patty, doesn't the reaction to food poisoning usually happen in less than 24 hours? It doesn't happen three fucking days later. Definitely. So he's full of shit. <laughs> well, that's true. I say that's why he's that tall with those color So eyes. <laughs> I don't believe this, this food poisoning hypothesis. No, and he didn't either originally because when he finally got out and decided to come to San Diego to recover and see about medical for it, he was thinking it was a food sensitivity reaction. Sim, do you still sustain a believe that it's food poisoning? Yeah, because I couldn't eat the the nuts and seeds. I mean, it just turned my stomach and I'd get, get sick. But after I recovered, after I got out, and it was it was a couple of weeks after that. Now I love them. You know, I'm back eating that, them. Everything. That, that doesn't so mean I'm anything. not. I don't. I don't buy that. And and I've been eating them every day. Uh, okay, but that that doesn't prove food poisoning. Well, it's something else. It wasn't food sensitivity, is what I'm saying. It was something else that I'm hit my si- stomach I, I, and and hit my esophagus. I've got Barrett syndrome. So. What did the doctor say when you? He said Barrett syndrome, right? Well, I, I've been diagnosed with Barrett syndrome. In the previously, you're saying? Yeah, Years previously, ago. yeah. And Years I, ago. And I tried to get an endoscopy Whatever, in that, San Diego. Endoscopy is when they go down your throat? Yeah, down your okay. throat, and they check out your esophagus to see what's going on. I thought I was having a reaction with the, my esophagus, which I did, but I think it was because of the food poisoning or because of something that hit me. And so I went in to get, tried to get that, and it was like three weeks to get an appointment. By that time, I was in Oregon with Patty, and then it took another three weeks to get something there. And by that time, I was in Montana, and it took three weeks. And finally, (laughs) and then I was in Wisconsin in Madison, and that took three weeks. And then I said, "The heck with it." (laughs) So, so now I'm set for March. I'm, I've signed. Oh, you still haven't done it. I still haven't done it. (laughs) But but it, I don't have any issue. I mean, there's right, there's no right, right. problems with it, and I'm yeah, but, eating nuts okay, and seeds. So and all just, that. Okay, so you know uh, Christopher McCandless, the guy who went on that uh, Alaska trip and never came back? Yeah, yeah, with the uh, grizzlies. Uh, or, with, oh, no, 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 with the bus. In the, yeah, with the bus, um, uh, Into the Wild by yeah. John Krakauer. He got poisoned through eating bad potatoes. Yes. Okay, so that is an example of food poisoning. He ate potatoes that had, you know, some spurs or whatever growing in them and they were poisonous and it 
totally broke down his system and he died ultimately of, of some sort of, anyway, he was a skinny little skeleton by the time they found his body. That makes sense. But for you to go off for three days of hiking and then suddenly develop symptoms, unless the food that you were carrying was poisoned of some sort, you know, like either like these potatoes that, you know, become old and spoiled and you're eating that shit. No, no, I had some of the symptoms initially and it just got worse and worse. As oh, so you're saying as soon as you left town, yeah. it was, ah. Then I was feeling that. So that could be it. Okay, so it okay, okay. And it was Lander, Wyoming where I, I yeah, got Lander, the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you bought the food in Lander, Wyoming and pretty much soon within less than 24 hours after leaving Lander, you started feeling a bit bad. Slightly. Yeah, slightly bad. And then it just And, and it was in your worse. stomach. Yeah. Stomach and esophagus. Oh, okay. It would go and up. then and then as you then the next day you're like, Oh, don't worry, it'll go away and it just didn't. And I had projectile vomiting. Projectile <laughs> vomiting. Yeah, projectile vomiting. <laughs> through my nose too. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was pretty bad. That's pretty awesome. Awesome. Like, it was awesome. Like <laughs> the fountain of snot <laughs> yeah. coming out through your nose. On your mosquito net. <laughs> Your head net. Um, you progressively got worse. Okay, that changes. So now all of a sudden I'm starting to buy your, your food poisoning <laughs> idea a little bit more. No, because it just sounded like the way you originally described it, maybe I wasn't yeah. a good listener. It sounded like just out of the blue and three days later, all of a sudden you start no, going No, it was downhill. a progressive thing. Okay, and fine. So okay, now it makes a little bit more sense. Although, I don't know if it's, does food poisoning have such a thing? You know, you're shaking your head, Patty. In other words, to I my th- knowledge, food poisoning is a 24-hour estimate. Yeah. Right. It just yeah. comes and goes. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like you, you feel like shit, mm-hmm. and it either kills you or you just poop it out. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and, and then you move on. It's so for, for it to be kind of this long-term... I mean, three days is what, 72 hours? Yeah. It seems like that doesn't make any sense. Well, I think I was fatigued. You know, I was really tired, and, uh, and I hadn't had food for like seven days then. You know, because I really didn't eat much when I got on the trail for three days, and what do you then you didn't have food for seven days. Well, I I wasn't I wasn't hungry at all, and usually I don't eat much. And for so, seven days, and yeah, you're hiking. Yeah, yeah. I would. I went three days, and I ate very little, and then I was five days to get off to go ten miles, because I'd have to. I'd walk about ten yards, and I, I mean. Uh, 50 yards and I'd have to stop. And this then, is on your third day when you started really yeah, getting fucked up. Yeah. This is after you got to that lake and you started, did you, what, were you bushwhacking to try to get out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were trying to bushwhack. And so the reason was that you were making such slow progress. Was it because you didn't know where the trail was, Sim? Or because you were fatigued or both? Uh, it, it was, I was fatigued. Um, I didn't know where the trail was. I could see where I had to go. Okay, in the distance. It, was it just well? Like, no, I I had GPS and I could see. You know, I, oh. I've got to get over to this point, and it's just a matter of getting there. And you know, I had a river below me, and I knew I had to get over the ridge, and I had to look for a place where I could climb the ridge, and it was just a, a steep cliff, mm. and um, and there was a steep cliff coming down into Wait, the valley. How, why why couldn't you follow that river? Well, it it, it turned into more way. of yeah, really steep on both sides. And uh, kind of oh, a, like waterfall a waterfall type, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of thing. And so it made sense. You know, I finally had to go up on t- on the ridge for a while and then climb the ridge kind of hand over fist, you know, being fatigued. Are you, are you looking back on all of this, do you think you, what would you have done differently? 
you know, I don't think I would have done anything differently. I mean, I, I had enough food. I had enough water. I did run out of water one time, but then I came into a spring and I got that. But I knew where I was going to go. You know, I, I didn't, I, I didn't feel the need that I had to call, you know, nine one one or you know have people come and pick me up. And I, I wouldn't just stay in one place and wait for people to come because nobody would come. So what do you mean nobody's going to come? Well, there's no, there's no trail there. No. Yeah, but I mean the rescue I mean, services. They could, but it's it wasn't worth it. You know, I no. I, w- I was okay. I wasn't dying. I wasn't in any pain. I just couldn't eat, and I was just tired. Um, but I mean, you're really fucking tired if you can walk 50 meters and you got to take a break. Yeah, but then I take a break and then I'm okay and then I walk. How long did it take meters. you to walk 50 meters? Would it take you? Well, I mean, it took me normal, five days. That's to, half a football field, so a healthy person can walk 50 meters in a few in like 10 seconds or 20. Yeah, seconds. yeah. Well, walking it wasn't too bad, but then I'd get fatigued and I have to sit down and mm-hmm. you know I'm breathing really hard and. I'm sorry. Just now, the light bulb went off. What if that was COVID? You know, I got to get onset that quick. That's what I was thinking. But then I got tested for COVID in San Diego when I got there. But then it took 18 days to get the results back. And it was negative. But who knows? Uh, Yeah, I don't think it. No, I don't think it was COVID. But I was thinking it might be. The the symptoms don't seem to match because the symptoms of COVID require that you're like often, you know, don't require, but often are like coughing. He didn't wasn't really coughing. He was vomiting, but. He didn't seem to have like the classic respiratory right. issues. He seemed to have like a get uh, track issues, you know, like, uh, so go ahead. Yeah, just that I've recently heard that, you know, almost any symptom now these days is COVID, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I was just, it just dawned on me when he was talking about the severe fatigue. Right, right, right. right. That's the second issue I've heard. Right, right, right. But I did not have a fever. My, my, I, I wasn't. Um, right. Uh, no temperature. Right. And, and that, your that sense of smell is supposed to go away. Sense of smell was good. Yeah, yeah, and, right. and yeah, breathing. I wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like I couldn't breathe. Yeah. Right. You know, I was breathing probably too much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you were kind of going on a straight line, so you might have gone only about ten miles total yeah. as the crow flies. I'd have to. Look. Oh, okay. oh, crow from the trail, getting off the trail to. Uh, the trailhead was about, you know, where I finally got off was about 10 miles. Right. And, and it took those five was, days. Right, right, five days. And and people might, you know, obviously you were sick and you were, you know, very weak. I mean, there's a lot of times where I've been in, in really remote, difficult places. Fucking Madagascar. When I was going up to the tallest mountain of Madagascar, which you weren't on on that particular journey. Mm-hmm. But I swear, I mean, we were probably doing like, one kilometer every two hours or three hours. I mean, it was just so slow because I had to bushwhack yeah. physically. So you had a different struggle. You weren't. You didn't need a machete to cut a trail. The the path was was uh, tricky. You said you had to use your hands at times. Yeah, no, it was both. I, I didn't have a trail, so I was bushwhacking and trying to find the way. And I was climbing boulders. And when stuff. you say bushwhacking, you were literally pushing aside bushes and things like that. And uh, yeah, in some places. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And in other places, you know, going up over boulders or across the creek, down trees, trying to find the trail, and you go, oh, you know, the trail is here. And I and it was weird. I was I was telling Patty, I was reading, listening to the Bible, and the and in the Old Testament, they talk about going to the land of milk and honey. <laughs> and so every time I'd go up, oh, there's a ridge, and there's there's you know, it's blue sky. That's the land of milk and honey. And I'd get up there, and there's another ridge above yeah. that, and another one, and another one. So it's. Probably like the Israelites, they uh, <laughs> look for the land. So you said that you weren't actually 
fearful of your life of actually no 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 Um, i I, and you know yeah i was okay and that of course comes from your experience of yeah 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 i i knew i could get down i had enough food i had a you know uh warm enough clothes um you know there was water but at the same time you could have potentially really spiraled downward even faster I mean, you were lucky in some sense because it sounds like this, the, whatever symptoms you had, whatever thing you had was kind of really knocking you down on your pedestal one notch, two notches, three notches. On the third day, you were pretty screwed up, Sim. Yes. Um, and then so theoretically, had you continued your progression, you could have gotten really bad on the fourth day and fifth day really to the point of being immobile. Uh, you don't know. It I mean, could have been. Yeah. In, possibility. In other words, so... So you felt confident at that moment, but the next one more night, you said how many days of hiking? Five. Five uh, days. After I got up. So it was, it was about eight days, I guess, altogether. You're right. Eight Three days. days before. So it could have easily gone a lot worse for you. It could have. Had you really, truly continued your downward trajectory. At some point, to a certain extent, correct me if I'm wrong, you kind of, your symptoms more or less stabilized to a certain extent? I think so. I mean, they, I was just hungry. but yeah, They so weren't what, getting what... Actually, I wasn't hungry. <laughs> you weren't hungry. I, I mean, I you had food eat. with you. I had food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah did, just, when you got back to civilization, did you still have food with you or did you have... Yeah. Meal? Yeah, I had lots of food. <laughs> okay. So when you say you're hungry, what do you... you I mean, I mean, I... I you didn't have enough. I was weak. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. And food wasn't helping you get stronger. Right, exactly. Yeah. Did you feel like... When you put the food in your mouth, did you feel like vomiting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was. I just couldn't eat, get it down. Or if I did, that's yeah, then I'd vomit. <laughs> right. So yeah. So that's something with the food. I mean, before I've heard of things like stomach flu. I don't know, Patty. Have you heard of stomach flu? Yeah, but not to that severity or for five days. Yeah, yeah. Because I've had what I what I've called stomach flu, but it's had happened like three times in my life where I literally vomited. One time I vomited eleven times. Wow, and then another time I vomited. I think seventeen or eighteen times. I mean, literally by the by the eighth vomit, I'm just spitting. You know, I'm just there's nothing left in my stomach, but I'm just going through these dry heaves, just yeah. trying to vomit, spit, or, or if I drink, I try to hydrate. I'm just vomiting out water. It's like a spasm in your in your stomach. Yeah, and you know, it's a possibility. It could be the water. I may have gotten some bad water, but I've got an inline filter on my. Um, platypus so i don't think that um but do you purify all the water you come across yeah i mean i i have a filter it goes through so I don't, oh i see it. it automatically filters. yeah automatically I so okay i don't uh it, it that could i mean it could have gotten through but i mean waterborne diseases and waterborne i mean illnesses are are a very common way backpackers get screwed up yeah yeah but i i, I don't think it was giardia i had i had my no giardia is different sometimes yeah and i had my uh stool sample checked out when mm-hmm. when i got back in san diego Negative. and they didn't find anything yeah so all right lessons learned uh yeah. what do you what are your takeaways advice for people listening to this yeah um uh, you know, have your GPS and and um, how did you do with batteries? Did you just have enough battery power to for the? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, battery was good. I, I had a did separate. Did you turn off pack. your to save your battery? Yeah, I always put it on airplane mode, and it just lasts forever. Okay. You know, and, and yeah, and it the, it works off of GPS, so mm-hmm. you don't need to be connected to a cell tower. Right, or, but GPS does suck up some battery. If you, I mean, yeah. Given Not how much. slow your pace was. I would surprise that you just didn't turn off your phone for like an hour or two and just like turn it on after. But I guess you didn't. You had enough battery, so it didn't worry. You, I mean, if you were confident. Yeah, I was fine. I okay. mean, that, that you wasn't. must have had a lot of battery. I mean, yeah. the last eight days of battery, that's a lot of batteries. Yeah. 
I I had a separate, you know, 10 milliamp hour mm-hmm. <laughs> um, battery. When was the first time you found out about his ordeal? He texted me and said he was on a plane on the way to San Diego because he needed medical attention. That's it. That's how That's he found it. out. Damn. So he didn't even invite, he just like invited, he just assumed you had an extra bed for him. <laughs> well, this is kind of like just just before I uh, I did a bicycle ride across the U.S. and I was in training in, in um, northern. Wait, you were in training t- to take a bicycle ride across the U.S. And your training was hiking in the woods. No, and the yeah, training you, you didn't preempt this. He's backtracking a few years. Yeah, back in 2014, I was going to ride uh, across the U.S., and so I was uh, riding the uh, training on the Iron Horse Trail in the East Bay of San Francisco Bay. And for some reason, I think I hit a route or I stopped too suddenly. Anyway, uh, the next thing I know, I was in the back of an ambulance and going to the, um, and they took me into emergency. It was only $50,000 for all the tests and everything. What? But uh, but I think his point is in the stupor of he didn't know what happened and why he was in the back of the ambulance, he actually telephoned me, which is a rarity, and said, oh, just wanted to let you know I'm in the back of an ambulance on the way to the <laughs> hospital and um, I should be out tomorrow, but, you know, I'm okay. <laughs> Three days later, I heard nothing until I had, <laughs> had to track down his roommate. <laughs> Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so here, once again, he's showing up and he's giving you a a, a terse uh, SMS saying, "Hey, I'm coming over for medical stuff." But when you saw him at the airport, was he already pretty good shape at that point? Did he look normal? Or did he look like shit? I don't pick him up at the airport because he's dedicated to public transportation. I see. Yes, of course. Yeah, that's true. so I took the trolley back to no. Her but when place. okay, so when you saw him, did how did he look? Did he look? Normal? Pretty normal, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. By that time, because by that time, I mean, you had recovered a bit when you finally got. To, was it Rollins? No, where did you? Not Lander. Where Where did you finally oh, hit civilization? I came back. I, I, I hitched a ride down to Pinedale, and then how hit, long did the hitch take? To how long did it take to get a hitch? Uh, not too bad. Uh, just minutes? stuck out my thumb. When you finally got that first hitchhike, you were sitting out there with your thumb. You had just finally hit the. Yeah, I can imagine you. You're coming down this mountain or, or hill, and you saw the paved road, and you're like, "Hallelujah!" Yeah. Just got to keep getting there. And at, and at that point, you were still walking. You were super yeah. debilitated, and I, I was just tired. And, right. and actually, once I hit the what trail, time of day was it? The end of the day? Yeah. Okay. It was probably about actually it's about three in the afternoon. Okay, so, so then you knew you could then get a hitch. Yeah. And you sat out there for maybe half an hour or so. Yeah, it's only about less. fifteen minutes. I okay, think. got it. And then yeah. you got your hitch. Yeah. And uh, did you? When did you finally get any kind of medical attention? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> what do you mean? You you so wait? So you just went to the airport, and yeah. then and then flew to San Diego. Flew to San Diego. And by and the time you got to San Diego, oh, you're already feeling a lot better. I did. I did do a video call with my primary care doctor, and he told me to go. And 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 I went to the emergency to urgent care to get my COVID test and a stool test. Both negative. Yeah. The the stool test came back in a few days and the COVID test came back in 18 days. <laughs> right, right. So, um, but I was feeling much better. You know, it took a, f- a couple of weeks before I got back to normal, you know, right. as far as my stomach. Okay. So what was happening then? You just had diarrhea or? N- not even diarrhea. Just, just a, you know, stomach was just bad. I couldn't really, I couldn't eat nuts and seeds for, 
you know, maybe a month or two. Wow. Yeah, it took a long time. So what were you eating? Uh, food. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bread and uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, actually I did end up eating bread, avocado toast and okay. and salads. I okay. eat a lot of salads and stuff. Right. And and sometimes omelets once in a while. And I for eat. those who are listening, if you did, haven't listened to the other two mm-hmm. podcasts I have with Sim, uh, he is a vegan. Well, 95% vegan. Freegan. Freegan. <laughs> <laughs> kind um, of vegan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It could have, it just, it just needed one more big knockdown. Yeah. And then you would have been incapacitated. Exactly. I mean, if if I just, broke a leg or something. No, 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 no. I'm just talking about if your if your symptoms went down another notch. Oh, yeah. To the point where now you can't even do 50 meters yeah. in 10 minutes. You can't do five meters in 10 minutes. Then you would have been fucked. Exactly. And, and so that's what I mean is that luckily you didn't hit that low, low level. Yeah. Because then, then that would have been the end of sim. Yeah. But... Um, and actually, I carry an inReach Garmin. I, I usually had it, but the the uh, the ride I took to that got me to the trailhead from Lander, I accidentally left it in their car. Oh. Contacted him later, and he mailed it to me. Oh, sweet! So Very I got nice. it back, but yeah. but I didn't have that yeah, yeah, during yeah, that yeah. time. Although I didn't need it, you know, I didn't think I wouldn't have used it even if I had it. Well, you would have if you had gone to the point where it exactly. takes time. I mean, like yeah. To, Done. Yeah, so, so that was kind of dicey, but yeah. So you had the in reach, but you unfortunately <laughs> you're going to say something, Patty. So we have a pack that with the in reach, when he you know he texts me by phone that he's hitting the trail, and then he sends me a message by in reach every night. Mm. And so we have a pack that if I don't hear from him in three days, I contact his son with all the latitude. Yeah, thank you, um, because Tim knows how to find all that where right. I don't but but in this case so you did not hear from Sim for s- several well, days well I didn't yeah I didn't have my in reach so and I, she didn't know that you didn't have the in reach well I had uh, there were some people on the trail that had a cell phone that got like oh, Verizon right, yeah. mm-hmm. so they were able to text her mm-hmm. and say I'm okay I just uh-huh. I'm not don't have my in reach but at that so, point you were not sick yet no I was uh, a little bit you're a little much. bit yeah but yeah. you didn't realize what yeah. you had ahead of you exactly yeah. I, the other thing I was going to say is, you know, when you talk about how does this relationship work, people say to me always, you don't worry about him? Probably the first year or two I did, you know, mm. and now this is what he does and this is where he's happiest. Right. And, you know, when you say, gee, what if you went down one notch and right. the next is death? People say that to me all the time. What are you going to do? Yeah, well. You know what? Yeah. The man died happy. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, di- he, di- he died with chia seeds in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> On his breath. You see this? He, he's got electronics in chia his hand. Chia in his hands uh-huh. and vomit on his head. <laughs> what more do you ever want? What a more blessed <laughs> way of dying. Life is good. <laughs> Life is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What about uh, El Camino de Santiago de Compostela? Yes, we hiked um, a few years ago. I think when we first started out in 2012, we hiked the last 100 kilometers so we could get the certificate mm-hmm. of the Camino de Santiago. You might backtrack to tell them that you had a friend who told you, you know, if you want to introduce this lifestyle to Patty, she had taken her husband out on a tour, a guided tour of it. Mm. So the first time we went hiking or walking the Camino, it was, yeah, in a group tour. Mm-hmm. You know, we're now like we went last year and we just went solo together. Oh, so your first time was with a tour? 
Yeah. With together. Yeah. About 100 kilometers. 100 yeah. kilometers. Yeah, they took our luggage from hotel oh, yeah. to hotel. Nice. And it was like three-star yeah. hotels. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and nice. a glass of wine, you know, till 11 yeah, yeah. o'clock at night. That's I mean, sweet. it was all grand. The, the tour guide would have a big took bar. Took like 10 days or less? T- about yeah, 10 days. I yeah. So. It's really tour chocolate. guide had a big bar of chocolate on, on the top <laughs> of the hill. and, then, uh, and Yeah. The, yeah. And we'd get to the top, and she'd give us the chocolates. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, it, and I'm a walker already, mm-hmm. and so when Sim told me, oh, you know, and actually it ended up being like a year and a half until uh, we went when he invited me, and I thought, 10 miles? Holy crap, I can't do that. I go, you know, two or three. So I worked up to 10, and then the highest night was 17, and uh, people mm-hmm. say, you did what? And, you know, by the time you get out with the tour and there's other people and you meet other people, you put, I don't need to tell you, you put one foot in front of the other and you're not even thinking about it. Right. So, you know, but as I say, we went last year again. Yeah, last year I did the French way, going from France to uh, 800 kilometers or something yeah, like that. And then when Patty and it I... starts at Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port. Saint mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. very good. I met Patty in Lisbon and we took... Lisbon? The, yeah. So you wait, you walked to Lisbon? No, no, no. And then I took the train down to Lisbon and met Patty flying wait, in. Wait, sorry. There. You started in Saint-Jean-de-Pitipo and then you went. I, and then I hiked and finished up the part I'd missed on the Camino de Santiago. Oh, I see. Okay. So and essentially then, I'd completed that whole. Got it. Okay. The whole you finished way. the last section. I got yeah. It. And then I met Patty in Lisbon and we took the train up mm-hmm. to um, Camino de Santiago. And then we hiked to Finisterra together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You hiked. You, you you took the train up to Santiago de Compostela. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from there you walked those eighty-seven kilometers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is about yeah. fifty miles to the finish line. Yeah. I mean to the end of the world. Yeah. Finisterra is nice. No, it, because we we it was actually two. I got two certificates, and it was eighty-five miles. And I know this because I had a tracker, and in three or four weeks I walked a total of two hundred and. 54 miles. Yeah. Yeah. That was really nice. Yeah. But from there, we, I think we took the train to Bilbao and San Sebastian, which I hiked yeah. through. Yeah. yeah. And we, you know, hit the museums there, and uh, that was just fabulous, the restaurants, and we did some hikes there. And then we flew from uh, Bilbao to um, Marrakesh. This was not, what year was this? This is last year. Okay, 2019. Back to your Wyoming experience, uh, your ordeal there. How was it traveling during COVID? I mean, that must have been interesting as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, was, it, was it was it at all? I mean, or just wearing a mask? That's pretty much it. Yeah, I'd I had a mask and I'd wear it occasionally, but nobody else you're really gonna, did. It it was when um, you there say was you wear no, it occasionally. You're not going to wear it on the trail. No. But no. when you say occasionally, you mean occasionally in town. Well, yeah, in town, and then when I get on. When I'm hitchhiking, I've got it available. You know, it's there. You can see it. You know, I'm not completely covered. What do you mean? You're wearing it on your chin? Kind on of thing? my chin. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I get in the car, I put it over my face. And then if they're not wearing it or if they, you know, it's kind of cowboy country. And the mm-hmm. COVID really hadn't hit there yet right. a- at all. So so I didn't I, do I that. I got a lot of shit when I said hike my own hike in 2020. Mm-hmm. So it was around end of March or April when COVID was really kind of picking up some traction as far as uh, the press and, uh, and a lot of doomsday scenarios were getting t- bandied about. And I was encouraging people. I said, hey, go out there and hike. You know, I, see, I remember you. I was, I was kind of cheering you. I think at that time you were in Florida yeah. hiking along there. And I got so much shit from so many people saying, wah, 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 
Mario Francis is so irresponsible. Da, 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 you should just stay home. And then some people said, you know, it's okay to go hiking, but just day hikes. Or I'm like, well, what's the difference between a day hike and a long distance hike? <laughs> exactly. It, it, to me, it was just such common sense. And nowadays, I think most of the planet understands what I was trying to say. I said to people, wear your mask whenever you're hitchhiking or in town. And also uh, maybe wear gloves that are, dis, you know, like uh, not disposable, but gloves that you use for the town. And then you put them in your backpack to let the UV right, UV rays disinfect them, you know, outs- on the outside of your backpack when you're not in town. And, you know, to me, I just didn't see. Well, exactly. The- and, you know, that the other thing is being susceptible and your immunity system down that if you're in the, your house all the time, you know, you don't get the vitamin D, the right. sun rays, and you don't get the sunshine. And I think you're just more susceptible if you do get it, you know, or to other diseases too, right. you know, sed- sedentary diseases. And so. uh, now, I understood that one of their points, which was fair, is that, you know, you are you could potentially be a vector for the disease because you're bouncing from these little small communities to small communities. And so the phobia that people had was that these tiny little communities that are isolated that don't have great medical care will all of a sudden get this plague that will, you know, infect the entire community and kill all sorts of people. Yeah, and and that affected me too, and that's why I stopped hiking the Florida Trail. You know, I, I, I well, you re- you you had to stop because there was a state order. There was a state order, but also, I, I mean, I could have kept walking, but you know, and, and just ducked around the tape and and mm-hmm. stuff. But I, you know, I, I felt badly about that, so I rented you, a car and then just lived out of my car for, um, you know, a month or so. And then okay. you finally, uh, that's when you ended up in Wyoming. Yeah, then okay. I flew to Wyoming because yeah. it, it was uh, still open for for trail hiking. Yeah, yeah, and then a- after that, actually, I flew to Wisconsin and uh, did the Ice Age Trail, about a quarter of the Ice Age Trail, and that goes from Lake Michigan to Minnesota. All oh, right, and uh, and I've got a, a, a bunch of relatives there, so I stayed with a, a couple of them. How was the Ice Age Trail? Oh, fabulous! Yeah, it's yeah. Just I imagine it being super flat. It's pretty flat. You go up Some over hills. a lot of the terrain, the moraine they call it, uh, okay. from the uh, glaciers that have built mm-hmm. up. But yeah. Who was our buddy that hiked that? It was his first hike. It was Lint. Lint, yeah, yeah. 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 Lint done it, I think he's done it two or three times. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. He's like the Ice Age man. Yeah, that was his first <laughs> time. And, and uh, yeah, it's a fabulous trail. And yeah, stop off at some, some of the cemeteries and all my relatives are buried. <laughs> Patty, uh, what do you, th- are you going to want to take the vaccine when it becomes available? Because it's coming out pretty soon in the next couple of months for, for the general public. Yeah. When okay. it eventually trails down to me. Okay. No, I'm no. over 65, but I am not compromised. Right. So basically, you have no issues with any of the flavors because there's several vaccines out, at least two. Right. Okay. Just just curious. And Sim, how about yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. Me okay. too. I'm okay. I'm not. I mean, I think there's there's um, a risk with anything you put in your body, like vaccines, but the benefits outweigh the risks. And so I would take the vaccine and. Take it for the team and help out everybody else so that we can stop this thing. Uh, what do you think, Francis? I agree with you guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, no problems. What about for next year? Any predictions on how you think the the COVID will go? Do you think we'll have more? Because, Sim, you predicted a million deaths. Yeah. Uh, and then I predicted 1.5. I was closer. I think the final yeah. toll for this year will be one point, maybe seven or eight. I don't know. But um, so what about for next year? Any idea? I'm betting that we that we conquer it, that we take the vaccines and it, you know, and we get herd immunity. I guess you know. I so think, how many deaths? 
<laughs> Patty? Oh, I'm not going there. Okay. I just, I'm hoping, you know, before this vaccine came out so quickly, I was really just set to just drown through, you know, the end of next year. And now I have more hope with Biden and the vaccine. Mm. And so I really think that by the end of June, we'll hopefully be, you know, cupping it. And by the end of the year, I think I'm going to feel pretty okay about it. I mean, I, I, it's not going to disappear completely, but nothing does, mm. you know. So I, I, I'm hoping that I can get back to, you know, what normal will ever be then by January you know, of 22. How about yourself, Francis? What do you think? Uh, Deaths-wise, you know, I haven't given it a ton of thought, but my instincts tell me, I mean, just, I'm, I, I got to give it, so I'm going to give my predictions at the end of this year. I always oh, give yeah, like these yeah, annual yeah. predictions, so I'll, I'll give my formal prediction. But just putting me on the spot right now, my knee-jerk reaction is going to be close to a million deaths, I think. Maybe half a million, you know, between half a million to a million. The reason is simply that I think a lot of people will let down their guard I think a lot of people will avoid taking the vaccine. Oh. And so I think, and, and then also there might be some issues getting, and I'm talking about, again, worldwide deaths. And so I think that, right. so when you think about some of the, the poorer countries might have, a, because of the refrigeration issues and that kind of stuff, they may not get the vaccine as quickly and as easily. So they will still succumb to it. So that's what I'm thinking. At least a few hundred thousand deaths, um, which, you know, every year we put up with a roughly around 400,000 flu deaths every mm-hmm. fucking year. Mm-hmm. And so this will be, but I, but I think flu deaths will be at an all time low, certainly for 2020 and, and 2021 will also have very low flu deaths because masks protect you against the coronavirus and flu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the, these are these, the measures we're taking in all the social distancing, all that stuff protects you against flu. So I think our, our flu deaths, which normally around 400,000 a year, we might get like less than 200,000 flu deaths and then but we're going to get coronavirus adding maybe 400 500,000 or so yeah in San Diego County where I'm from I think last year we had 119 cases and this year 38 of flu because everybody's yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I mean it's a small scale compared to what you're talking about worldwide. yeah but same but idea exactly yeah same idea so what are your plans for 2021 do you had the plan to go to Japan that was yeah I, w- I had a ticket for Two hundred dollars to go to Tokyo, and the the flight got canceled. Round trip? Uh, no, one way. Okay. And I was going to take the train going across from uh, Beijing to um, Moscow, um, but that but I figured it was you know this things was were during COVID. Canceled. Yeah, right, yeah, right. that would be too much of a hassle. So now I'm flying back to um, Jacksonville, uh, Florida, and I'll continue on the Florida trail. Hopefully, that won't be closed. This is for 2021. 2020, yeah, January I'll go there. And then my daughter's in uh, North Carolina, and my wife, and my ex-wife is in North Carolina, so I'll visit them in January. How's your daughter doing? I know you yeah, sometimes had these. Yeah, she was in West Hollywood, and she wasn't talking me to me for a while, and she, uh, she kindly gave up. She was going to be a screenwriter, and then she was a, um, a Pilates instructor. She got all the training and everything. Yeah. And and she was doing tutoring and things like that. But now she's moved to Charlotte and seems very happy. And we're talking and oh, sending wow. stuff so, so together. Oh, Hey, great. Yeah, yeah. So Some I feel sun, really A good. ray of sunshine. Yeah, a ray of sunshine. So I'll visit her and I'll probably visit my son. Um, Mr. Everest, man. Yeah, he climbed Everest and he climbed the highest peaks on each continent. And he just got married. 
And oh, yeah. so um, yeah, it was a COVID marriage, so we, we couldn't go. But we'll have... Um, Where lot. is he living? He's in Nashville. Okay. Yeah, he's an attorney and his wife's an attorney. Why is he in Nashville? How did these people end up like way out? His, you were a California boy. Yeah, yeah. He Usually was, California boys don't go too far from good weather. He was based in Boston, <laughs> but his friend was running for Congress. And so he was helping him run for oh, Congress. Right, yeah. And um, that that didn't work. Uh, but he's he's an angel investor. He he made a ton on um, on an internet uh, company that he ran, and also Bitcoin and Bitcash. He made oh, a ton. Right. He's still making a ton. That's great. Yeah, yeah. You know me. I'm a Bitcoin fan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's done really well. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so and his wife is an attorney also, and she was um, interviewing for attorney general um, uh, uh, assistant. Okay. Yeah, and but that kind of fell through. So now I think she's going to try and clerk. Um, yeah, in Nashville. One of our last questions, totally random. Patty, twenty twenty four election, who runs? I'm not like like does Biden run again? Is I guess would have been uh, no, that's really not asking. your question. <laughs> no, I, well, well, yeah. well, Trump run. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, that, yeah, yeah. You I think Trump will run again? That's the word. Okay, but is you, the thought the first time I heard it on the news, I I thought, did I mishear that? No, and then a couple of days later, they I, said, I don't think know. I don't think he's going to run again. Uh, you know, Joe Rogan has like a thousand dollar bet or something like that with oh, somebody with somebody who says whether he's going to run or not, or what. And then another thousand, I think, whether who's going to win or and whether he's going to win the nomination again or not. And Joe Rogan. And I agree with him, says no. I think I think Joe said no. Oh, he that, won't run in twenty. That he won't run and you know, he'll certainly talk about it yeah, constantly. Yeah. Oh, he's sure. he's making a lot of money when people contribute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. No, yeah, he'll talk about it till the cows come home. Yeah. And he but you know, actually like really doing it, uh, I don't think so. I mean the guy's how old is he now? Seventy four. Right. So by four years from now he's gonna be seventy eight. I mean it's I know, but Biden isn't Biden seventy eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. president that yeah, we've yeah, no, had. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, no. But so that which brings up the question: Do you think Biden will run again? Well, Didn't he say somewhere that he was going to be a one-term president? That he promised that? Yeah, I I don't know if he promised that, but I think Kamala will run. I think. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, if, Biden, so, if Biden is not healthy enough at what eighty-two, you know that yeah, as a woman, trust me, I'd go around the block twice and vote for her. All right. Okay. All right. What do you? Yeah, same thing. I'm, okay, I'm, so, yeah. I'm thinking it'll the the torch will be passed to the younger and the okay, well, female. Be, we'll have two unprecedented to have two one term presidents. It's been a long time. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. back to back. Mm-hmm. That would be mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't had two one term presidents. Mm-hmm. Well, we had we had Ford one. and we had Carter. So those were two. Oh yeah, but Ford is like not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't count. <laughs> he gave the pardon. He lost the presidency. So yeah, exactly. Well. And that concludes this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, then go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember FTAPON. That's my first initial and my last name. FTAPON is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to ftapon.com. And here's one last reason to remember FTAPON. If you like what I do and would like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash FTAPON. 
That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. And now for five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the Wander Learn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it somewhere. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.